Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Good to be in Jesus today. Amen. Well, hello, Bruce Conover here. I'm pastor, both my wife and I. We pastor here at Birth and Family Church. Hey, we're going to get into the Word of God. This is prayer school. And so get your Bible, get something you can write some notes down. Uh, that proves that you are expecting God to speak to you. And uh, He responds to expectancy because that's a symptom of faith. So let's get our Bibles open. Let's get ready to go. Let me turn this down just a smidge. Glory to God. Woo! What a great day it is in Jesus. All right. Let's go ahead and ask him for help, assistance. The Bible is a spiritual book. And I, it's, it's actually made of the substance of heaven. Uh, Jesus said himself over there in Big John 6, uh, 63, he says, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, meaning of a spiritual substance, meaning that it's that which is to be received by our spirits. And he says, and they are life. And life is a quality that only God has. He's the creator God, and he is the source of, of life and so understand that this book yes it has information yes it it's historical yes it describes things as they were but understand that these words from this book when received and believed with our spirit can impart spiritual life into our being and that is what causes us to grow that's what causes us to be more perceptive of this spiritual kingdom that you and I now live in. So let's ask the Holy Spirit because he's the revelator. You see, God put himself in the person of the Holy Spirit inside of us when we receive Christ as our Savior. And he's there for a divine purpose. Uh, one of his purposes is to uh, decipher and to get us to embrace through believing the Word of God. He says that He'll lead us, the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us into all truth. Well, that's what He'll do if we'll trust Him for it right now as we hear the Word of God. So let's pray. Father, what an opportunity we have. We, <laughs> we have chosen you in this moment in time this morning, and we want to hear from you. We want you to impart spiritual life to us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would touch our spiritual eyes, that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. We ask that the eyes of our spirit would be enlightened, <laughs> that we would know. We receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Well, as I said, this is prayer school, and so we've been teaching on that subject matter of prayer, and really... Prayer is our link to God. Prayer is our access 
to God. And so it's important for you and I as believers, as children of God, to learn how to communicate with God. And that way, our relationship with Him is a everyday uh, living relationship with Him. That He's able to hear our heart towards Him and then we can hear His heart back to us. It's pretty awesome. And we've been using the Lord's Prayer, at least what is called by religious uh, people the, the, the Lord's Prayer. We've been using that as a outline or a blueprint, as it were, to show us the components of prayer, how God requires of us in communicating with him. It also tells us those things that we can receive through prayer. And so we call these the, the building blocks, these different subject matters and components of prayer that Jesus gives us in when he was teaching his disciples about prayer, we can then learn about prayer and then use those principles to pray effectively. And so we're down now in Matthew chapter 6, where is one example of Jesus using this example of prayer to teach us. And we've gotten down to the 12th verse, and we're now looking at the fifth component, the, the, the fifth subject matter of his teaching on prayer. And it says, And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted uh, to us. Now, Jesus is explicit, explicitly showing us that we have to maintain our relationship with God. You see, we were separated from God because our spirit had fallen. Or should I say we became spiritually dead now the spirit is still existing but it has no heavenly life to it as Jesus called it everlasting life and because we were dead spiritually speaking yet still existing that state caused us to be separated from God because he is life and so Jesus came for that explicit reason that we would have life Remember in John 3, 16, that, that, that it says that when we believed in him, that we would receive everlasting or eternal life. And that is the life of God. And when that life came into us in that instant, in that moment that we embraced Christ, we believed who he was and what he did, and we gave him permission to come into our life, and we confessed him, we declared him as our Lord and our Savior. The instant that happened, his life came inside of our spirit. It didn't touch our mind. It didn't touch our body because it's a spiritual substance. It came into our spirit and our spirit was actually resurrected. It was made new. Uh, as Jesus said it over there in John chapter 3, we were born again, meaning that our spirit man received new life and we became the children of God. We, we enter into an everlasting relationship with him. But we have to maintain that relationship. You see, our spirit is living, our spirit which is perfect, that, that spirit that God touched is holy and righteous. But we're living in that which is not holy and not righteous. Our flesh 
hasn't been completely redeemed yet. We'll receive the fullness of our redemption when Jesus returns to receive us to himself when he establishes his physical kingdom on the earth. But until then, that which is perfect, which is our spirit man, is living in that which is not. My body still wants to do the same things it did before the new birth. My mind has to be reprogrammed. The, the, the instant and the moment that I was recreated in my spirit, my mind was exactly the same as it was before. And so it's up to me to reprogram, to begin thinking like God, and then by thinking like God, I'll control my behavior from the inside out. But we always and will, until we're fully redeemed, we're going to make mistakes. Some of us on a daily basis, meaning that we do things that, that are what the Bible calls, calls sin or a transgression, meaning doing that which is opposing God in his ways. And so you have to maintain that relationship. So Jesus is telling that, that there is a prayer that we can pray to ask the Lord to forgive us our sins, our mistakes. Now understand that forgiveness is not salvation. Forgiveness is a part of salvation, but salvation is not simply the forgiveness of sins. Because you can forgive someone their sins, yet they're still in a fallen sin condition. And so that's the problem. Once we have a recreated spirit and we make mistakes, that can hinder our relationship with God because it brings condemnation. Well, you know what it was like when you were growing up. And uh, for me, I was living with a, a single mom as, as a, a nine-year-old. And when I would do something wrong, when I would make a mistake, that I would disobey my mother, I didn't have a lot of confidence towards her in that state. Now, I was still her son, but all I was thinking about is how I disobeyed her, and I didn't have the confidence to go up to her thinking about what I had done wrong to ask her for something else. And so when I tell her what I did and, and tell her that I'm sorry, what happens is that that refreshes my relationship with her, that renews my relationship with her. I'm still her son, but now there's no transgression between us that could hinder us being comfortable in one another's presence. And it's that way with the Lord. And you know what that's like. You know that when you've done something wrong and you know that that was a transgression or you did something that you knew that, that God wouldn't be pleased with, you don't have a lot of confidence towards God. And so we have to get that obstacle or what came between you and the Lord, we have to get that removed. And that's what forgiveness does. When the Lord forgives us, that gets removed. So let's, let's dive into this. I've got a lot of verses, a lot of scriptures this morning. 
Let's just see how far we get, and then we'll unplug and we'll pick it up next time. So here we are. We're in, Mar in Matthew 6, 12, and Jesus is saying, Lord, forgive us our sins. And then he goes on to say that forgive us in the same way that we're forgiving others that have sinned against us. Now, those are really two things that the Lord is pointing out here in this 12th verse. And so first, let's look at the first component. First, you and I are to confess, uh, confess our sins to the Lord so that we can have him remove them from our life. Go on over to the first epistle or the first letter of John. That's way in the back. There's three epistles, three letters of John, one, two, and three. And then you have Jude. Uh, this, so this is way back there before Revelation. Now notice what he's saying here. Now remember that primarily everything that's written in epistles are written to the New Testament believer. It's not written to the world. It's not written to those who don't know Christ. And so this scripture here is not talking about confessing our sins to be saved. No, this person is already saved. So that means as believers, as we make mistakes in life, we have to get those sins, those transgressions washed away. And that takes away any hindrances between us and the Lord. So he says, if we confess our sins. Now, the understood person that we're talking to in the forgiveness of, of sins is we're talking to God. Now, I realize that many have been taught that we need a mediator before God to have our sins forgiven. And there are religions that teach that you have to confess your sins to someone who can represent God for you, that can represent you before God. Well, Jesus is the mediator, not a man that is dressed in a fancy robe. So I want you to realize that you don't need a human being to be your mediator before God. Your Savior is your mediator. And that's why we go to the Lord in his name. He's our intercessor. He's our mediator. He's the one that represents us before God. The Bible says that he forever makes intercession for us. Well, that intercession is done every time that you go to God in Jesus' name. And so when it says that we are to confess our sins, I want you to understand that you're confessing them to God. Remember, only God can forgive sins, not a man. Even if that man is trained and, and qualified, so to speak, in, in terms of a religious standard, they're still not God. Only God can both forgive and cleanse us from the stains of sin. So look at this. I'm in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. 
And this would be a great scripture for you to underline in your hard copy. And I think there's ways that you can do it in your Bible apps as well, is that you can highlight it. This is an area, if you could see my Bible, you can see that this is an area that's very much soiled right here. You see that? See how soiled that is compared to that? <laughs> so this is a place where I don't go very often. And it's not soiled on the, on the side here. But look here in over here on Ephesians and then look over here at 1 John. This will give you an idea how often I have to go to this scripture before the Lord. Here we are at 1 John. See how soiled that is? Why? Well, I try not to use my memory of scripture when I'm standing and applying the word of God. I like to look at it with my eyes and then believe what I see with my heart as I walk it out. I think it makes a difference. Now there's times that, that I don't have the time or the availability to do this, but when I do, I like to open up this to 1 John 1, 9 and read it out loud. And then say, okay, Lord, I'm going to practice this. I'm going to apply this scripture right now. You told me that if I confess my sins, that you will. And then I just continue to read that verse. It says that if I tell the Lord my sin, and I'm talking about telling him with, a, with the understanding that I recognize that it's wrong and that it was an act of disobedience, but that I'm also repenting. I'm turning from that sin. He says if we confess our sins, then he, being God the Father, is faithful and just to do what? To forgive us our sins. Now, understand that forgiveness, when received, is not a feeling. Too many times when we interact with God, we, we determine that he heard us and he answered our prayer if we get a good feeling. Well, remember, you're interacting with God who is a spirit, and you are an eternal spirit. And feelings are really the voice of your natural man, not your new created man. And so you got to be careful that you don't judge whether you've receive something from the Lord just by going on a feeling. No, our faith and what we're basing results on is what God said. And he emphatically said, if you confess your sins to him, he will be faithful. He will be just to forgive you. And it doesn't say that you can use that prayer so many times and then you wear it out. That's not what the word faithful means. Faithful means is he'll be there every time, no matter how many times. You see, we got to get that religious thinking out of our thought life. There was a time before I knew what the scripture said, that I would go to God and I would say, if you'll just forgive me for this sin just this one more time, I promise I'll never do it again. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to manipulate God to forgive me. I'm trying to get him to forgive me based upon my works. 
that is not how it works. And God can't respond to that prayer. You see, our prayers have to be based on what he said. Because his word is his will. So I see right now from this verse of scripture that it's his will to forgive me. And that if I'll go to him sincerely and tell him that I'm sorry, it says that he is faithful and just and he forgives me of my sin. We've got to believe that. We have to embrace that. I also wanted to point out, did you notice that this, this verse 9 starts with the word if? I-F. Now, that word is found multiple times in the word of God. And an if means that what you're about to, to do with the Lord is condition is a condition there's a condition to him responding so he can only respond to forgive me is if I confess my sins to him does that make sense if you find an if in scripture it tells us there is a condition that you and I must fulfill not God you and I and if we fulfill that condition then he will automatically fulfill his blessing in return. Understand that it's the only way I can receive forgiveness from the Lord is to confess my sin before him. And you can do that anywhere, anytime, when we approach him with this scripture. Hallelujah. Now that's good news to me. You see, we, we've got to embrace the truth that God, because he is God, he doesn't change. He's always been the same and always will be the same. Remember what it said about Jesus, that he's the same today. Uh, <laughs> Jesus the same today, yesterday, forever. See, God doesn't change. Therefore, because the, the scripture verses come from God, these verses never change. This is available to us anytime we need to receive forgiveness from the Lord. Again, your feelings will catch up to what you believe. When you walk away from this moment with the Lord and you're confident that he heard you because you asked according to his word, then you're you're believing that you have forgiveness is then and only then give you emotions that agree with what you believe hallelujah now notice that he doesn't just forgive us let's go back here it says if we confess our sins it says that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And I want you to begin thinking about this word forgive. Think also when you receive forgiveness from the Lord that you use also the word removes our sin. Did, did, did you hear that? Understand that forgiveness of sin is the removal of sin let's look at this again he's faithful and just to do what forgive and remove our sin 
end. So not only when I confess my sins before him, not only does he forgive me, not only does he remove that sin from my life, but it says that he will cleanse me. Well, that means that when I'm, when I sin, then I'm not clean. See, that's that wall that's beginning to get built up between you and the Lord. You still have your relationship with him, but your fellowship with him is hindered. And to renew that fellowship with him is that that wall of sin not only has to be forgiven, it has to be removed, and then you are to be cleansed or made clean or restored back to that position of right standing with him. So it says that he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I call this verse of scripture God's bar of soap. I can remember as a little skeeter, well, for that, for that matter, I still have this happen to me occasionally, is that I'll get in and start doing some work and uh, I get dirty. It's just that you get in there and you're cleaning up dirt, you're going to get dirt on you. And that's the way life is sometimes. We're just out there living life and we make mistakes. And so that stains us. That, that there, there's a degree of unrighteousness that is standing between you and our relationship with God. And so when we confess our sins, we're not only forgiven, not only is that sin now removed from your life and from your resume, so to speak, but you also are cleaned up. It's, it's, it's as if you were just born again. You see, when a baby comes out of the mother's womb, they are pure and innocent because they have no history. And they've, they haven't done anything wrong. And so that's how we were when we received Christ as our Savior. We became brand new. But as time goes by, we make mistakes. And so we, we've lost that innocence. But when we confess our sins before the Lord, remember, he's not only forgiving you, but he's removing that which you did and is completely blotted out in terms of your history before God, or as I said, your resume is removed. And then on top of that, he cleanses us. He, 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 that blood, oh, glory to God for the blood of Jesus. That blood washes us white as snow, and we're pure and innocent, just like we were that moment we accepted Christ into our life. And, and therefore, knowing that, believing that, you have confidence towards God. Because he's not going to bring it up in the conversation moving forward, because it's erased. It's forgiven. Hallelujah. Now, so when we confess our sin to God, and again, we're, we're doing it in Jesus' name. Remember, all prayer is to the Father in Jesus' name. So when you use that name, you're receiving that which Christ did for you. You are forgiven 
and you are cleansed. Now understand that in asking forgiveness, you're also declaring that what you did was wrong and you're turning away from that. That's, what, that's that word repentance. That means to turn away from that behavior, to turn away from that mistake. Now understand that an element of repentance to stay turned away from that sin is that, yes, you can be forgiven and have that sin erased and removed from you, but that doesn't give you the strength or the wisdom not to be fallen or, or fall into that trap of that sin again. You've got to grow out of that. You see, we, we, as we grow spiritually is how we begin to allow the man on the inside to regulate this man on the outside. It's almost like putting a dog on a leash. You know, when you have a dog on a leash, his nature is under control because you're restraining him. And that's what Paul said. He says, I keep my body under. He says, I control my body and its desire. So he's saying my spirit man does that with my behavior. So understand that if, if we have a reoccurring sin or a reoccurring behavior that you know is not pleasing to God, yes, we maintain that through forgiveness, but then we also have to grow in that area so that we don't fall prey to it as we had in the past. And that comes by growing in the Lord. Growing in the knowledge of God's word and then just growing in the knowledge of who we are in Christ. And it'll get to the place that we get bigger on the inside and we can restrain our fleshly desires on the outside. And then we're not gonna see ourselves tripping over that temptation to do that over and over again. So when we ask for forgiveness of what we've done wrong, this also includes turning away from that sin through repentance. And this word repentance just simply means to make a 180 degree turn from it. I want you to see a scripture that, that talks about this. Proverbs 28, Proverbs 28, 13. And we'll see that this, this verse includes turning away or repenting from our sin. It says that whoever conceals his transgressions, that means if I try and hide my sin. How many of you know that I can't hide my sin from God? You might be able to hide it from people, but we can't hide anything from the Lord. Notice it says that if I conceal my transgressions, it says that I will not prosper. And so this is why anytime we do something wrong, we should immediately go to God. Don't do like Adam did. Remember when he transgressed against the Lord and he, was, he sinned against God, he was disobeying, disobeying from God. He tried to hide from God. We can't do that. We need to go to receive the solution for what we've done. 
and that is initially to repent, turn from it, ask for forgiveness, be cleansed, and then begin growing out of falling into that temptation to sin again. That's how, the, how, how this works. So look here, he says, whosoever conceals his transgressions, I'm in Proverbs 28, 13, he says, you will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them, being the sin, that person will obtain mercy. Hallelujah. Did you see that? We not only have to confess our sin, but we have to forsake that sin. We, we confess that sin, and then we forsake it. So, I think that's a tremendous and awesome thing. You know, God always wants the best for us. God always has us in mind in everything that he instructs us to do. It's not him trying to lord over us. It's not, try, it's not him trying to, to control you. He's really doing these things to protect us. I always use the, the illustration that you tell your, your child when they're young, you know, don't touch the hot stove. Don't touch that. that that's going to burn you. That, that's going to harm you. Well, you're not saying that to tell them, well, I'm, I'm the parent and you're the kid and you got to do everything I say. That's not your reason. That's not your motivation. You're giving them instruction to protect them. And so anytime you find in Scripture, I don't care where it is, and you find instructions to follow, God is doing that to protect us. And understand that a lifestyle of sinful behavior will put us in harm's way. And it's like touching a stove. And so we've got we, to embrace what God instructs us to do and follow him. And then when we do make a mistake, that we get it removed immediately. We don't tolerate it for an hour, a day, a week, or a month. No, we go right to God because we want to stay in that place of innocence before him because that'll cause us to have that liberty to go to him and be comfortable in his presence hallelujah now we talked about this word forgiveness also meaning uh, he forgets our sin and this is another thing that that we have to be mindful of now see God's blessing of forgiveness is accomplished by the removal of sin. He doesn't just cover it up. He doesn't, he doesn't put like a blanket over it so you don't see it. No, he actually removes it. And so when he removes our sin, that means he also forgets what we did. Now, understand it's not because God is old and he's getting to that place where he's forgetful. No. If he says that your sin is forgiven and it's been removed because you've been cleansed from it, then there's nothing to remember. 
see, a lot of us think that, well, this happened in my life because of all those bad things I did back then. You know, God's just, you know, you know, my sins are just, get, get, I'm just getting caught up with these sins and God's after me. Because, no, 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 no. That's religion teaching that. That's not Bible. I want you to go to a verse and let's just get this settled forever. Go over to Hebrews chapter 8 and go to verse 12. We're talking about when God forgives us, he removes our sin from our life. And because he removes it, therefore he has to forget it. Because it's no longer there, it's removed. Look at this. Now this is New Testament. This is chapter 8 of Hebrews, verse 12. He says, I will. That's his will. He's about to tell us his will. And it's a will that doesn't change. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord and I change not. Look what he says. I will be merciful to your unrighteousness. Now remember, there's an if there when we looked at 1 John 1, 9. What's the if? I have to confess my sins for him to be merciful to my unrighteousness, right? It's always action on our part and reaction on his part. Hallelujah. So he says, I will be merciful to your unrighteousness and your sins and iniquities, those things that you do against God. He says, and I will remember them no more. That means God throws our sin into the sea of forgetfulness. I can do something wrong today. I can recognize it and I can see that I had made a mistake. I can go to God in Jesus' name and say, forgive me of this. And he will forgive me because he's faithful and just. And he also cleanses me and he removes that sin. I could go to him in three minutes or whatever length of time you want to you say and say, God, do you remember when I did that? And he's going to go, no. <laughs> Why? It's removed. You and I have to believe that. See, it's the devil and his bunch that's always reminding us of our past. You did this. You did that. Now, if those things were done before you were born again, that's already removed because you're a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. But if he's mentioning things that you've done since you've been a Christian, and you know that you asked the Lord to forgive you for those things, that's not God trying to condemn you. That's not God trying to judge you. No, it's the devil trying to trick you that God has not forgotten and removed your sin. And that's a lie because it contradicts the word of God. So understand that we can take God at his word. And we've got to act in that way. So he says, I will be merciful 
to your unrighteousness. That means you making mistakes, me sinning before the Lord, being disobedient, being rebellious. He says, I'll be merciful to that when you come to me and ask for forgiveness. And then your sins and your iniquities, I will remember no more. That's his will. So when you think of receiving forgiveness, I also want you to put with that that your sin is removed, that you received a cleansing from that which you did wrong, and that God has forgotten what you did. Now you're back to that state of innocence, right? Because your, <laughs> your resume has been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. Amen. And when you begin believing that, you'll see that your relationship with God will make a change. It'll make a turn. That you're so not, you're, you're not as much conscious of yourself and your imperfections when you're in his presence. And you're more mindful of him and what he's done for you. Therefore, you can enjoy your relationship with the Lord. And that's what he wills for you and I. He doesn't want us under a yoke of condemnation. He doesn't want us under a yoke that we're not good enough for God. No, he wants us to, to walk in the liberty and the freedom that Jesus purchased every day. Every day. Now, I believe that are, there, there are those right now watching this broadcast. And you've always felt that, that there's something between you and God blocking your relationship with Him. And a lot of it is that you feel that you're, you're, just, you're, you're just not good enough. And I'd like to get that under your feet. I'd like to get that lie and that wrong perception removed out of your life. Now, it's going to require you believing what the Bible says. God just doesn't, you just can't snap your finger and God will remove that. No, he already has. You simply need to believe what God says and then begin acting like it's so. And you've got to see yourself as God sees you. Remember, he's not remembering those things that you've done wrong, those things that you have brought to him and have received forgiveness and have been cleansed. So you need to stop considering those things. So I want you to, 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 to bow your head and, and, and we're going to pray. And just repeat after me. Say, say, Father in heaven, I've confessed my sin before you. In Jesus' name. 
And yet, I still am condemned by those things that I've done wrong. I'm sorry, Lord, that I haven't trusted what you said in your word. And I choose now to believe what you said. You told me that if I would confess my sins, that you would be faithful and just to forgive me, and you would cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I choose to believe what you said. So I resist those thoughts of condemnation. I choose not to look at myself as one who's not good enough for God. But I will see myself as a new creature. I will see myself as your workmanship. And I believe that those things that I did wrong and have confessed those to you, those things are now removed from my life. I'm now clean. And because you have forgotten them, I choose to forget them. I am in right standing with God because Jesus made a way for me to be a part of God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that I am forgiven. I am clean. And there's nothing in my way in communicating with you and receiving all the goodness that you have for me. It's mine now in Jesus' name. Remember this. Remember this. He said to you, I will be merciful to your unrighteousness, to your sins, to your wrongdoings. And your sins and your iniquities, I will remember no more. You might want to read these scriptures long enough in moving forward. It may be a couple of days, it might be a week. You may want to get these scriptures out and say them to yourself for a month until it becomes real to you. And uproot that religious teaching that God has a baseball bat in his head and he's just looking for a, an excuse to hit you in the head with it. That's not who God is. Because we didn't see Jesus doing that when he was in his earthly ministry and he was representing the Father. It wouldn't hurt for you to say, <laughs> because of Jesus, I'm God's favorite. <laughs> yeah, change the way you see yourself and see yourself through his eyes.
They'll see yourself through your behavior. It'll make all the difference in the world. Hey, we got to get out of here. Thank you so much for coming. We love you. You are blessed of the Lord. Therefore, you can go somewhere and be a blessing to someone else. We love you. God bless you. Bye-bye.